It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What should the Cowboys expect from Micah Parsons in year two? And what are the expectations from for Jabril Cox coming off an ACL injury? All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your Locked daily Dallas Cowboys on. podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Locked Network, your on. team Locked every on. day. Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. I am Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. He is Landon McCool. Check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, we are talking linebackers today. Why does this position have me really nervous? You know, I feel like there's been kind of a lot of uncertainty here, right? And, and a lot of up and down. I mean, you know, we've 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 kind of been on the roller coaster with this position a lot. You know, you drafted Leighton Vanderesh. He had an incredible rookie season, uh, and then seemingly kind of fell off a cliff for a couple of years. You, you draft Micah Parsons, who wasn't exactly the guy that Cowboy Nation wanted when when he got picked. I mean, and except so, for me, I was really excited. Except for except it. for Marcus, who was really on board for the pick for the whole time, uh, you know. And then he turned out to be amazing. So yeah. uh, I, I think then then later on in that same draft, you get a guy like Jabril Cox, who you know you had a high grade on, and you were able to get uh, much later. And then you get a similar situation this year, right, where you get Demone Clark a guy that you think uh, is deserving of a, of a higher pick dealt with the injury situation and fell. Um, I, I, so I think the, the answer to your question is that it's been a roller coaster for this position for the Cowboys of good and bad. And it's kind of hard to, to find your footing at this point uh, and, and try to project it forward. So we're going to be previewing the Cowboys linebackers going into the 2022 training camp and into the season. And let's start with Micah Parsons. We kind of glossed over yeah. him uh, on Monday when we were doing our edge rusher show uh, because he's still listed as a linebacker. So we could talk Landon about what he offers as a pass rusher and all that kind of stuff. But where do you expect him to improve at as a pure off the ball linebacker? And how do you think he performed in that role last year? Yeah, You know, I think that because of how good he was as a pressure player, as a guy that was attacking the pocket, whether it's on the edge or as a blitzer, um, he was so good at that, that it kind of got overlooked at just how good he was playing a linebacker as well. I mean, he was definitely your 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 best linebacker on the team, you know, uh, beyond just, you know, kind of playing that role of, of – of moving around and being a chess piece for the Cowboys, mm-hmm. right? So, uh, you know, I think Pro Football Focus does a, a measurement on um, uh, play action bite. It's basically a, a measurement mm-hmm. of how much they move. And, and Parsons, I think, had one of the better numbers in the league, certainly the best number on the team, which is you know surprising for a guy who plays as aggressive as he does, you know, and um, and and he's still able to kind of uh, take it in and not necessarily go uh, too hard in on, on on cues that are, are causing false steps. So. 
Uh, I think he played incredible. I think especially, you know, the, the, the part of this game that really is just astounding to watch if you go back and watch, you know, highlights or just any of these games is how he how he played the screens. Like the, the screen mm-hmm. game just is non-existent against the Cowboys when Michael Parsons is on the field. Uh, and that's because he basically can read all that very well. He's very aware of when it's happening. And then he has that ability to just absolutely teleport. And he just gets and he gets in the backfield so quick and disrupts things so quickly uh, that it becomes difficult. He's also got, he's also was just way better as a uh, coverage player than we expected. I mean, I think we all knew that he had uh, the athleticism and the ability to do this. I don't think that was ever a question, but I think what was in question was the instincts and the uh, the uh, mm-hmm. actual ability to do it. Because and you could point this out better than I can. I don't know that he did a ton of that at Pitt State. So. No. Uh, I I think that I think that that's that was something that was really surprising improvement there. Yeah. And I I remember watching a video that Brian Baldinger did last year from the NFL Network where he was showing there was a couple of plays where Parson would like take the wrong gap in the run game. But he was so athletic Mm -hmm. and played so hard that he was able to overcome it. Right. And I'm just envisioning him like if he could make the right decision five percent of the time. More, you know, more this year. Right? More the I, don't, time, yeah. I don't know if I said that correctly, but I think you guys get like if he, hopefully, if he just, hopefully more than five percent. But yes, five percent like, more. If, absolutely. If he could be just a little bit more disciplined yeah. and choose the right gap more often, you're going to see an even more disruptive player because he was able to make so many plays last year, despite not really necessarily knowing what to do or where to be. So that's the place that I'm really excited about because I had some questions about like his football instincts coming out of Penn state, which obviously proven wrong, like he's just a football player, but like if he can become more disciplined and just have a little bit better idea of where plays are going to go and he doesn't always have to rely on his athleticism. I mean, I I, I was going to say he's going to be a superstar, but he already is. He's just going to reach that next level of being a all pro player to a, Hey, this guy is on the tier of Aaron Donald level defensive player. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the fun and exciting part about this conversation, right? Is that we're talking about a extremely young player who everything we've seen points to him being on that level of of you know elite elite player. So the standard is high, uh, yeah. but I agree. I think I think if he can just improve, you know, the normal amount a rookie linebacker improves from year one to year two. Uh, I mean, we're going to see a player that is really one of the most dangerous players in all of NFL. Well, and I was thinking about this the other day because there's been times this offseason where I'm looking at the depth chart on our lads and you're like, okay, well, maybe they might be a little weak at defensive tackle and their safeties maybe aren't quite as good as they need to be. But if Parsons can be as good as we think he can be, right, and he can kind of replicate what we saw last year, man, do you know how much that player can cover up stuff? Like I've yeah. seen this over the last 20, 30 years of watching the NFL. If you have a truly elite dominant player, they can completely change games and they can change your whole defense. Like look at what JJ Watt did for Houston or what Aaron yeah. Donalds did yeah, for the Rams. The Rams. I, was, I was just going to point yeah. out the Rams themselves. Look at, they only have like three or four truly great players and then kind of, you know, a, a decent middle class, but that's enough, right? If yeah. you could use those players well, that could really be enough to make your defense go. Yeah, and I was even thinking like some other players that don't play the same position as Parsons. Like 
I saw what Darrell Rebus did for the Jets yeah, in the sure. early, two, even the 2010s, right? Like when he was at his peak, their defense was impossible to play against because he was just such a dominant player. If Parsons can reach that level, we're we're not we're not going to be worried about hey, do they have a Pro Bowl three technique? Like it's it's just not going to be an issue. Yeah, I mean, he gives you such and players, all players like that, whether it's Revis or Donald or, or whomever, they give you such a schematic advantage because they can do so much more. They can be responsible for so much more than just a normal player at their position, even if it's just by reputation. Even if if, if Revis is not doing anything on the right side of the field, but no one's throwing to his side just because it's Revis that's over there. That's that's you know, and, and in Parsons' case. Even if Parsons isn't sacking the quarterback, if they're dedicating three blockers to Parsons, that's yep. that's going to open things up for everybody else. If, if if you know they have to to you know reroute their run game around where Parsons is lining up as a linebacker, that that's going to have a positive effect for all the rest yeah. of the defensive players in the team. And that's what that's what you know elite players do is that they ri- they rise all ships w- because of this ability to kind of make things difficult schematically for offenses. They end up being a force multiplier for your team. Yeah, exactly. Right? That's exactly. I, it, that's exactly. Michael Parsons is an All Pro player, but he can make the rest of the unit look better because he's on the field, and that's what you're hoping for, especially with this linebacker room. Uh, all right, let's continue to talk about these linebackers, but I want to tell you guys about our old friends at Rock Auto. Before we do that, with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock up on all the parts you need. But Rock Auto has everything from engine control modules and brake parts, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Landon, we've got several other linebackers to talk about, but the one that's probably going to play the most snaps here is Leighton Van Rush. And we did touch on him a yester- yesterday's podcast a little bit, but we saw somebody who improved as the season went on last year. They did bring him back on a very team-friendly one-year deal. What are you expecting from Leighton Van Rush this year? You know, I, I mean, I think we should kind of address that because, I mean, I think the question yesterday was who could be a surprise starter who becomes an All-Pro. So I, I do want to – I don't want to imply that I think that that Leighton Vader is just going to become an All-Pro. Surprise was definitely a, a key word there. Uh, but having said that, I, I do agree that I think Leighton played a lot better football down the stretch uh, last year than he had in the previous, what, two seasons? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I think that that, you know, whether it's time away from the injury uh, or time in the system or just feeling comfortable, whatever it is, uh, if he can kind of pick up on that momentum from where he was 
Uh, and, he, and you quoted the missed tackle numbers. I mean, he you know he, he started out a season, and I don't have the exact numbers, but he started out the season under ten percent. I think something he said eight point nine percent or something like yep. that. Last two seasons, it kind of creeped up closer to thirteen or fourteen percent missed tackle rate, uh, and then at the end of the year, it was kind of uh, creeping back down underneath ten percent. We need to kind of keep it under ten percent. I mean, I think yeah. that's the yes. thing that really makes Leighton Vander Esch a special player is. His ability to, to play with range at, at that size and, and a, a large wingspan means he uh, he closes a lot of windows in the pass game very easily and that he can get to uh, players and wrap them up without uh, them kind of getting anywhere in the run game. So I think if we see kind of that return to, uh, uh, you know, cle- I, I, when Layton doesn't play well, it's because his game isn't clean. You know, it's it's not because he physically is an, unable to do it or he's lost any ability. That hasn't been the issue these last few years. I mean, it may have been like tied to injury, but I don't think that, the, the, that there's like a permanent loss of athleticism that he's he's struggling with. I think the issue has been, uh, uh, you know, coming back from injury, cleaning back up his game, tightening back up his game. And I think as you saw last year, as he got more comfortable with what he's doing, he started becoming more second nature. Uh, some of the other aspects of his game started to get cleaned up a little bit more, which, uh, you know, obviously really raised his game overall. Yeah. The, the one question I have about Van Dresch is like, what does his body look like this year? Because I don't know if you saw the pictures last year. Like I don't, I'm not sure how much he was able to work out in the off season and lift weights because of the surgery that he actually had mm-hmm. at the end of the 2019 season. And it, it caused him to not be healthy in 2020, which, we expected uh but like does he come back in just much better shape this year does he look i mean like 2018 van der Esch was 265 pounds and shred, yeah. right i mean he yeah. was a freak and that's why so many people loved him coming out of the draft it's this is a 265 pound linebacker that can run a 465 that wasn't really the player that we saw over the last couple of years so I'm, I'm just curious to see what he looks like because I do have some questions about him in coverage and some of his athleticism. Yeah. But if he gets that back, I mean, all of a sudden we're talking about somebody who legitimately could be a Pro Bowl player again. Yeah. I mean, I think, look, like most players, he has limitations for sure. I wouldn't necessarily want him uh, covering tight ends on a regular basis. No, or, no. You know what I'm saying? But I think in zone coverage and zone drops, because he's got such long arms, he's useful there. Uh, he's he's got the ability to drop into to, into spots and, and create and close windows with his arms. I certainly agree. Like I think you know the mix. I, I, the problem with Leighton Vanderesh, besides the injuries, besides you know needing to clean up some stuff, is that you know he had a guy that was playing next to him for two years that was basically you know had the same flaws as he did in Jalen Smith. Yeah. So that really didn't help either player. You know, is that it, it, they needed some, the ability to kind of mix and match these linebackers a little bit more. I think with Leighton Van Der Esch and Michael Parsons, and then you throw in some of the other guys we're about to talk about, Cox, they're, they're kind of have a nice mixture of body types a little bit more than they did previously. And, and I, I think that's going to help all these linebackers play a little yep. bit more. All right, let's talk about Jabril Cox because he's somebody that we both liked a lot coming out of college. Thought the Cowboys stole him in the fourth round. He only played nine snaps on defense, but we saw it in preseason. And actually, in those nine snaps, he had one play Pretty against nice Jones. Well, he was really good. He yeah. gets hurt on special teams, tears his ACL, misses most of the season. And now going into 2022, Cowboys are relying on him to be a big part of their defense. Uh, they, are, they lost 730 snaps at linebacker last year uh, between Keanu Neal and Jalen Smith. 
I think they're expecting Jabril Cox to fill that role. Is that realistic? We'll see. You know, it sounds like from what we've heard that he's on a nice timeline for for coming back and kind of being a participant in training camp. And if that's the case, uh, you know, I think that that bodes well for him to kind of be in the mix and, and, and at linebacker. Uh, but but he's still you know a young player coming off an ACL injury. He didn't play a lot of football his his uh, rookie year. So uh, I think that that's you know something to keep in mind. I, I will say that you know he he like uh, uh, Clark like some one of the other guys that's on this team. He played at LSU you know at SEC, SEC level football. So it's not like the jump in competition is going to be enormous for him. And he did get his feet wet a little bit last year uh, to get a little bit of the speed of the game. But I do think that. Uh, if this was a situation where you know we were going into the year and and, and uh, Cox was the opposite linebacker of Parsons and we didn't have Leighton Vanderesh, I yeah. certainly would feel bad. I certainly would feel uh, nervous about it. I think the thing that makes me feel more comfortable about this is that you know they've got Gifford, they've got guys that they have had experience playing on the field with them in defense. You don't want Gifford for the long term, but you've got Gifford and some other guys down the roster. You've got a lot of numbers to solve this problem. So if things don't go well at the third linebacker, you've got solutions. Yeah. But I, I do I do agree that counting on Cox for 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 being a major part of this team is a little dicey. A little dicey, at least on our side of it, because we aren't seeing the medical reports every single day. So we don't know exactly how far along he is in his recovery. Yeah. So if you're looking at the depth chart, Jabril Cox is like the third linebacker for the Cowboys, right? The problem is, or the, there's a good and bad way to look at it. The good news is that they have he's really their fourth box player, right? Because J. Ron Curtis yeah. is going to play in the box 700 snaps. So that's good. The bad thing is that Micah Parsons isn't, isn't just a linebacker, right? He's going to take a lot of snaps on the edge, which kind of forces Jabril Cox up the depth chart. So if he needs the first month of the season to either be a backup or maybe he's just not ready, maybe he's just not active for the first two weeks, I think they can survive. But they're going to need him to be ready at some point during the season because he's going to he's going to need to play a lot of snaps because he is probably the only other linebacker on this team that's athletic enough to, to cover tight ends and make plays sideline to sideline other than Micah Parsons. Yeah, and, and I think you know we we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, really. That there, and maybe we didn't talk about it on the show, but so I'll bring it up. But you know, the Cowboys have a dearth of these six foot one, six foot two hundred and fifteen to two hundred and twenty five to thirty pound players, whether they be at safety, you know, linebacker. They have bodies to fill this role. They're going to play a ton of nickel this year. Nickel is the new base. Uh, you know, two linebackers is more than likely going to be the base, you know, defense. So, and and as you mentioned, one of those two linebackers may be filled by the safety role. So they have, even if the depth chart may look a little bare, it's kind of like the defensive end depth chart. Not that the defensive end chart, depth chart is, is bare in numbers, but as far as when you look at talent, you look at the defensive end chart and you're like, uh, okay. But then you think about the fact, oh, yeah, well, we're adding Mike up freaking Parsons on top yeah. of that list yeah. and it's like oh goodness gracious yes and that's the thing right is that that's the one thing about Parsons is that he's kind of this outside of depth chart player right mm -hmm. so it's hard to look at either the linebacker or defensive end room and like include him in there in your mind and think well, that you're, yeah, you're comfortable if, you know if, if like, we were considering him a pure edge right and all of a sudden it's Demarcus Lawrence Dante Fowler Micah Parsons Sam Williams I think we would say that's one of the top two or three 
edge rushing rooms in the NFL. You've got stars and you've got depth. Most teams don't have that. If we were saying he's just the linebacker and we're not going to consider him an edge at all, I think you feel really, really good about your linebacker core. But because yeah. he put, plays both, this is both. I, yeah, we, we end up kind of taking it away from both of those and get a little bit more worried than what we I, I, that's, and I think that's what it is, right? Instead of counting him for both, we subtract him for both. We don't, right. we don't give him, we don't right. give either room credit for Micah Parsons. So, uh, and, and listen, I, I, but I, I do think you, you pointed something great out is that it's not just Parsons that plays into the depth chart or the, the playing time of, let's call them second level players because they're not all linebackers, right? Yeah. I, I, whether it's, you know, like you mentioned, whether it's Jaron Kirsch, whether it's Donovan Wilson, you know, whether it's, it could uh, even be Jordan Lewis on some snaps as well, right? Mukamu, Tyler Coyle, yep. all yep. these guys, like if they are eligible to get on the field somehow, are all kind of in that realm of being able to play that role a little bit. So uh, I do think that it's, if you're looking at the linebacker room just kind of at a very, you know, casual glance over and you it's easy to put Parsons in the defensive end room. Yeah. It's, it's easy to look at this depth chart and go, wow, it's a lot of inexperience and not a lot of proven stuff. But when you look at how the Cowboys play, you look at how the Cowboys deploy their second level. You look at the players that they have that, that are going to kind of mixed in there. And it's some of the Cowboys best players, you know, it's, it's J Ron curse. It's Micah Parsons. These guys are, are, are the guys that are going to take a ton of snaps here and, and, and they're going to you know be fine. It's more about making sure that there's contingency plans when you need to move Parsons around, when you need to move uh, Curse around. What, what's the linebacker core going to look like then? All right. I want to tell you guys about betonline.net. Betonline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including Major League Baseball, which is going on right now, Wimbledon. Uh, we've got football coming up relatively soon. Bet online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. Bet online also has MMA, boxing, all of your favorite sports and events. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online, where the game starts. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, four more linebackers I want to run through really quickly, Landon, before we head out. You mentioned... Luke Gifford, he's been on this roster for forever. What's his role this season? You know, I think it's a step up from where he was. Not much of a step up, but, you know, uh, a little bit probably more balance between special teams and some defensive snaps. Yep. He's going to be your your fourth linebacker up until one of these other younger players kind of steps up and takes that spot for him. Um, and, but I think he's he's a guy that's serviceable. He's, he's not going to get you – Killed if he's out there for a couple snaps. You're definitely going to not want him out there as a long-term starter. Um, if there's a he should be your last in- linebacker on the depth chart, really. I mean, like yeah, last like, active linebacker. Sorry, that's yeah. the way I should word it. it, it, it you, you don't want – if there was a situation where your depth was hurt so bad that he's a starter, then you may want to consider go out and, and mm-hmm. get somebody you know, temporarily until, like I said, one he, of these younger guys. But he can up. get you through a game. And I, yeah, and absolutely. It's not, and it's, I don't think he's going to kill you there. So No, uh, and I think he can play a role if he needs to. Uh, next one, we should mention Damone Clark, uh, who 
not likely to play this season. Mike McCarthy may be a little bit more optimistic. Who somebody we talked about pre-draft, we graded him as a late second, early third round player. The Cowboys get him in the fifth round. Again, probably not going to play next year, but the expectation is by 2023, he's probably going to take Jabril Cox's job with the hope that Jabril Cox becomes Lane Vandrash, correct? Yeah, I think it, the idea is that you know a year from now it'll be a, a, an LSU backfield with Parsons kind of being the wild card, Deep, yep. a linebacker field. Yep, yeah. yep. I think that's pretty good. Uh, all right, next one that we need to talk about: Devin Harper. Um, <laughs> he's going to play a lot of special teams if he makes the roster, but I, I just don't see him factoring into the linebacker conversation this year or next year. He's a long ways away. Yeah, I mean, he's just uber athleticism, and, and, you know, in a kind of a linebacker body. Uh, so I, I agree. I don't know that he's someone that I'm penciling in for a bunch of linebacker snaps, more special teams. He, it reminds me a lot of C.J. Goodwin, where technically, yes, he's on the roster as a linebacker, where C.J. Goodwin's on the roster as a cornerback. But we don't factor either of those players into the depth chart at their respective positions. I mean, if he could be, uh, you know, as good a defensive player as CJ Goodwin is, while being as good a special teams player as yeah, CJ Goodwin is, I'll, I'll take it for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, last linebacker that I want to mention, Aaron Hansford, who we did mm-hmm. talk a little bit about. He's an undrafted free agent that the Cowboys gave quite a bit of money to. I know a lot of people liked him more than Devin Harper. Some people even had him in the fourth, fifth, sixth round. Uh, do you think he has a realistic shot, shot to beat out Harper or Luke Gifford for a roster spot this year? I, I don't know. You know, it's interesting because I do think that he is uh, sort of an interesting guy in this group because he, he doesn't quite fit the body style of the other ones. He's, he's a little bit more of a bigger guy, and that makes him a little bit more unique, I, mm-hmm. I feel like. Um, I, I, I think, if anything, yeah, Gifford is kind of the, the prototype of where he's – his track is uh but yeah i mean i think it's it's going to be difficult for him because of the pedigree of the folks ahead of him i'm thinking that this is a guy that they stash on the practice squad they bring him back next year and then maybe he next year is your is your luke gifford i agree um one last question that i wanted to ask you before we head out do you think the Cowboys need to consider adding one more veteran to this linebacker core because i'm of the belief where if you had one more guy and just it doesn't even have to be a great name, but somebody else into this group, I would feel so much better about where they're at. What are your thoughts? I, I, I certainly am not opposed to it, but I, I think it needs to be after training camp or near the end of training camp, because I think that you've got so many names right now. It's so many people that you've got to see what you've got in them first. Uh, and, and linebacker again is one of those positions that, you know, it's it, they go through a brutal training camp. They get used a lot. So, uh, you know, I think at this point you see what you got in these young players. Linebacker is always going to be a position that you should be able to fill uh, at a certain level at any point in the in the season, right? Like unless you're going out to get a top end guy, which I don't even know what the free agent market looks like for those guys. But uh, I, I, I've got some names. You just quick yes or no? Uh, the big one, Anthony Barr. I mean. Uh, that's a different. That's a different thing, right? That's a like because linebacker, right? That's because not really Bar. Yeah, because Bar would like Bar would be kind of part of the pass rush, I think, plan too. I mean, yeah. he gives you more than just a linebacker. So let's put him aside a little bit. I am interested there, 
but I think his role would be more than just off ball linebacker. Jamie Collins. Yeah, I mean, I think I think so, but we'd have to know the price. And like I said, I think that's another guy that I don't need Jamie Collins in training camp with me. So let's see what the let's see what happens. Let's see where he is after, or at least a couple weeks in training camp. A few more. You can just say yes or no. Dante Mm -hmm. Hightower. Yes, depending on the price. Yes, he's he's the one where. Hey, have you told me we're signing Dante Hightower to help kind of mentor Micah Parsons a little bit and mentor Jabril Cox, and he's going to play 25 snaps a game, mostly on first down and second down, and as a pass rusher, I'm in. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like the Anthony Barr situation, except he's I think Hightower could be ball. more of a mentor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Anthony Hitchens? I think he's kind of done. Yeah. Uh, uh, so. KJ Wright? I actually still like KJ Wright. I thought he played well for the Raiders last year. I still can't get over that he hasn't been signed yet. Or I mean, I guess this is what happened last year too. So yeah, he waited uh, until I think right before week one. Yeah, I, I think KJ Wright makes a ton of sense, honestly, and, and maybe the best fit, like just as far as names go. Quan Alexander. Uh, he's had injury issues, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's like, had a lot. Yeah, yeah he's so only twenty-eight. Uh, Joe Schobert. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think he's he's a good fit simply because he's that you know like the money I bet would be right. He's got experience. You're not looking for someone. I don't feel like you you need to get add someone like a, it's just going to be a, a gangbuster. I think Joe. Schubert no, you just is need somebody at like a two and a half. Yeah, you need somebody at like one year, two and a half million that can play. It, depending on the week, can play twenty one snaps or can play forty six, just depending on how things go. Yeah. And that's why I think a level of guy like Joe Schubert makes sense. Yeah. I would like, personally, I would love to see KJ Wright because I think KJ Wright's somebody who can, if you need three linebackers on the field, he can play your Sam, he can play your weak side. He's still really good in the run game. And obviously he's got a little bit of a connection with Dan Quinn. So that yeah. that's personally the guy that I would like to see. We'll see if the Cowboys are interested here. Much like the wide receiver market and the or the wide receiver position and defensive tackle, I don't think the Cowboys are in a rush here because if you need KJ Wright, he's still going to be available a month from now, six weeks from now. And if if Devin Harper and Jabril Cox are struggling and Luke Gifford's not playing well, that's when you go out and get him. I just don't think you'd have to do that one right now. Absolutely. That's how I feel too. Just you you wait and see what you got. And then the contingency plan is the guys on the street. And like you said, you mentioned five of them. I have a hard time believing all five are gone. Before training oh, camps finish. And there's there's more guys out there like that. Yeah. So yeah, they'll all get picked up eventually, just not now and not mm-hmm. the next two weeks either. So all right. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen today. Now make your second listen to Locked On NFL Podcast. Our national NFL experts and insiders keep fans dialed in with the biggest stories and the latest news from around the league because an offseason doesn't equal a break in the action. Landon, you and I are going to be off for the rest of the week. We'll jump back here on probably Tuesday. We'll probably take Tuesday, Monday off. Yeah. yeah, we'll take Monday Enjoy off. Enjoy your first. holiday, folks. Everybody, yeah. 4th of July. Make sure you yes. have fun. So we'll be back on Tuesday answering your questions, talking about the secondary the rest of the week. Make sure you're downloading the podcast wherever you get your podcasts, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Check us out on YouTube. You can follow the show on Twitter at Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. Enjoy your holiday weekend. We'll see you guys next time. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.